1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash Talk with TK. I'm TK Tom Kelly with an Eagles reaction pod. The first Eagles reaction pod of the year as we are reacting to a loss. The Eagles lose the Commanders at the uh, link last night, 32 to 21. And hey, it was a bad game all around for the Eagles. I mean, they get really dominated on both sides of the ball. And I think that's really the story of this game. When you look at why the Eagles lost, and we'll cover every aspect of it here over the next 20, 30 minutes or so as we break down this game. But you can look at the penalties. You know, you can look at the coaching staff, which we'll get to later on. And and what I think is a ridiculous over- um, criticism of the coaching staff today. But the bottom line is the Eagles just got beat. They got dominated up front and they got beat by a team that appeared to be hungrier than they were. And, you know, this is what happens to a team when you get a little complacent. I, I don't even know if complacent is the right word because, yeah, I don't think the Eagles went into this game necessarily thinking they were going to roll over Washington or not ready to play. I just think there's innately a different hunger when you're a 4-5 and five team. You know your season is likely on the line versus a team that, that's been 8-0. And, oh. and the Eagles just got beat last night. And I think it's it, it's important, and I know a lot of people will overreact today and be worried, be upset about where this team is headed. I'm not going to overreact to what happened last night, okay? Like, the Eagles lost one game, they lost to a team that they are, I still think, clearly better than. Like, nobody's going to come out of that game last night thinking the Eagles are worse than Washington. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration is coming from for people. Because they know the Eagles are better. But this does happen in the NFL. This is not some, you know, insane outcome that you will never see. In the NFL, it's an ebb and flow league. This is not a linear here. Like, you will have instances where teams come out and lose to competition that they're better than. And it's not an excuse. Like, the Eagles should be getting criticized today. I'm not saying you shouldn't criticize them. But is this over-the-top cause for concern? Is this something that we should worry about, that there are significant flaws with this team that can't be corrected? No, I don't believe that. I still think this is a team that is a Super Bowl contender. I still think, as of today, if I needed to bet on one team to come out of the NFC, it would be the Philadelphia Eagles. And I still think they are in good shape moving forward. Now, that doesn't mean there are not issues to correct. And it was a frustrating game from the defense last night. No doubt about it. And Washington, uh, I got to give them a a bit of credit. I mean, I thought Washington came out with a really good game plan in this game. They were clearly hell-bent on running the ball. Controlling the clock, keeping the Eagles offense off the field, and keeping that defense on the field. And I think this is something that the Eagles really do need to address and do need to correct moving forward here. Because you saw last night just how important, even though he's a rookie, even though he's a young player, you saw how important Jordan Davis is this defense. I mean, Jordan Davis is a significant loss right now. When you have him on the field and you have him at the nose tackle position, and we did a lot of complaining, I would say, or or scrutinizing earlier on in the year in terms of Jordan Davis' snap count and how many plays he was playing. To me, that was never really important. It's the plays that he is on the field. What kind of production are you getting? And when you look at the way that you're utilizing Jordan Davis, they had him on the field in first and second down running situations because that's Jordan Davis' role on this defense, to clog the middle, clog up the run. And that was the biggest difference last night. You look at the Eagles defense early on in the year. And this is what you do when you have a secondary and you have cornerbacks like the Eagles do. You stop the run on first and second down. You force the offense into third and long. You make them throw the football. You have a good defensive line. You can get pressure on the quarterback. That's how the Eagles created so many turnovers. That's how they've created so many negative plays in terms of sacks, interceptions, fumbles. These kind of momentum changing plays in the defense early in the season. The biggest difference with the Eagles last night, they were not getting stops on first and second down. Washington was coming out on first and second down. They were running the football. They were getting four or five yards a pop. And when you do that and you, you make third downs so much more manageable, third and short situations so much easier to convert than third and long situations. And I think Nick Sirianni mentioned after the game, Washington had, I think the number was 21 offensive third downs last night. That's not that's not a good thing for a defense. When a team's getting that many third downs, it means they're converting a hell of a lot of them because they're staying out on the field. And if they're converting third downs, they're not converting third and longs at that kind of rate. They're converting third and shorts, And this is something the Eagles need to address And they need to, uh, you know, do a better job of schematically moving forward. But more than anything, you just can't get beat up front. And that's what happened. They got beat up front. This is the impact when you don't have Jordan Davis in the game. And you're replacing him with a a Marlon Tui Peloto, who is the guy who's the backup at that role. Um, You're going to get run on a little bit. And this is going to create Jonathan Gannon to need to come up with some different wrinkles some different ways to stop the run, certainly. But in the end, you need your defensive lineman to play better. You know, you need Tui Pelotu to to improve. You need Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave to step up their game in the middle. You need Milton Williams, who who showed a little bit last night, uh, made a couple plays. But you need Milton Williams to be better inside against the run. And, I mean, the good news is Jordan Davis is not out for the year. Jordan Davis will be back. But until he returns, the Eagles need to find out a way to stop the run on first and second down. Because when you're not able to stop the run on early downs, that allows teams to continue pounding the football, and it takes away your greatest strength. This defense's greatest strength is that they have an elite defensive line to get after the quarterback, and they have an elite secondary that can turn the ball over and get stops on passing downs. And when you have a team specifically like Washington that doesn't have a great quarterback, Taylor Heineke, I mean, will be patient. Washington, I thought their approach was patient last night. They continued to run the football and the Eagles were just not able to stop it. Now, the good thing is I don't think that's a sustainable way to beat this defense moving forward. Like, I really don't think this is something we need to worry about significantly moving forward. I think the Eagles will be able to devise a scheme or whether it's bringing more guys up in the box whether it's your defensive lineman just playing better, because I do think that was a big part of it, is that the lineman just didn't have a very good game last night. But you clearly need to get more stops on first and second down so you are not finding yourself in these third and short situations. And and so you're just getting off the field a little more. I mean, you look at the first half last night. It was crazy how you get to, like, the two-minute warning and it felt like the Eagles offense had run like five plays. I mean, they get the one drive where the sack fumble with Josh Sweat. That turns into a three-place scoring drive. And then you really just have a lot of short possessions and the defense stay on the field. The offense not really able to get into a rhythm, but but you just need to get off the field more. And you need it all comes down to first and second down um, and creating those third long situations. So not a good night for the Eagles stopping the run. But I think it's going to be really hard for teams to sustainably win games that way. Like it's really hard for teams to continue to put together 12, 13, 14, 15 play drives to go down the field as Washington did last night. Um, I'd be much more concerned if this team was giving up big plays. Like if you're giving up those big plays or giving up those splash splash plays. X plays, whatever you want to call it. To me, that's much more concerning. So long-term, I don't have a ton of concerns about this defense. Um, I think the defensive line will play better. I think this team just had a bad night last night more than anything. Now, as far as the criticism of the coaching staff and specifically Jonathan Gannon, it's just idiotic. Like, I'm just going to say it. Like, it's just idiotic. Like, did they have the best game plan last night? No. But Questions about Jonathan Gannon being fired, I mean, whatever. That's just people with an axe to grind. That's all that is. that is. That, that, that's a, such a ridiculous question that it's not even worth entertaining. It, it's really not. Like, Jonathan Gannon's done a tremendous job this year. Jonathan Gannon is more than likely, and rightfully so, going to be a head coach somewhere in the NFL next year. So that's just idiotic. Now, I do think the Eagles need to devise ways to stop the run a little better, but this is on the players, man. Like the players know how to stop the run. Like so much of stopping the run comes down to effort and who wants it more. Washington just beat the Eagles up last night. That's what happened. You just got beat up up front. Are there things that the coaching staff can do in aiding the players and to make things a little more tenable and to find ways to help them stop the run? Sure. But, man, I mean, to just blame Jonathan Gannon is really – it's dumb and it's ridiculous. But a bad night for the defense, uh, no doubt about it, that was really frustrating. And I'm just not worried long-term. I think they'll be all right. But it certainly was a tough night for the defense, um, and especially up front. They got whooped. They need to improve moving forward. Now, you look at the other side of the ball, not a good night for the offense either – Um, and not to make excuses for the offense here or Jalen hurts uh, on that side of the ball. But I will say this, it is very, very difficult to get into any sort of a rhythm when you're barely on the football field. It is, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, they just didn't have a, a lot of plays. Certainly in the first half, as I said, it felt like they were barely on the field. Then in the second half, Washington continued to control the clock. Um, and, hey, the offense made some plays in this game, uh, but, you know, they were turned into mistakes, I, I, unfortunately. Two two or three really significant errors here Where the one, Jalen Hurts throws into double coverage. Um, it turns out a replay, the hell of a throw. I mean, a ball that A.J. Brown probably should have caught, probably not the best read by Jalen to throw it up in that spot. Instead, a good play by Forrest, the Washington defensive back. He kind of takes it away from A.J. Brown. That turns into an interception. I would say the real backbreaking play of this game. Eagles down 26-21 late. Jalen Hurts completes a deep pass to Quez Watkins down the middle. And tremendous play. Looks like it's going to be a, you a know, play that could potentially set up a game-winning touchdown for the Eagles. But Quez Watkins gets up gets stripped of the football, Washington gets it. And that really, you know, there's still about five minutes left at that point. The Eagles still could have gotten a stop, but really a backbreaking play. And, and, you know, it's 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 a tough one. And you feel, you honestly feel kind of bad for Quez Watkins because kid makes a big play. He's really been pretty quiet this year, a guy who we expect a lot more from. I don't think that's as much a reflection on Quez Watkins as a player as much as it is just the fact that there are a lot of mouths to feed on this offense and it's tough. You see it week to week, even with guys like Devonte Smith and AJ Brown, where they won't have big weeks every week. Um, there's just a lot to go around uh, as far as guys on this offense. And Quez makes a big play, doesn't get the touchdown gets up, gets stripped. Certainly got to have better awareness of that spot. I mean, it can't happen. I think he's trying to make a play at that point. Um, he's trying to, he's looking at the end zone and thinking man, I can get in and and give us the lead, but a big unforced well a forced error, but an error that can't happen a mistake that can't happen big turnover there, and just one of many that kind of put the Eagles in a bad spot from Jalen hurts, I would say not a great night, you know Jalen I thought looked uncomfortable again I, not to make excuses. But I do think it's difficult for a quarterback to get in any kind of a rhythm when, you know, you are on the field as infrequently as he was last night. Um, and Washington, hey, they got a good defensive front. They got after the quarterback a little bit. Uh, they were able to get some pressure. Uh, Jalen missed a couple throws. He and Devontae Smith, I thought their chemistry was pretty good last night. Um, but again, you know, my big takeaway from this game is even though it's a loss, even though it's a frustrated loss, it's not one that gives me a ton of long-term concerns. It doesn't like, I don't come out of this game thinking that this offense is broken. You know, I don't come out of this game thinking that this offense is in deep trouble moving forward. I think they just didn't have the ball a lot when they were on the field. You know, the few plays they did have, they didn't really make count. They made some critical errors. But I believe in this team to clean it up. I think they will clean it up. I think they will correct a lot of these errors moving forward here. So, again, not a lot of long-term concern with the offense for me. Now, where I do think there is a little bit of concern here moving forward is the special teams unit. I mean, the special teams for the Eagles has not been very good all year. Um, I would say... Uh, and that's something that's been covered up because of the play of the offense and defense because they've been winning football games because, hey, we don't really pay attention to special teams except when they either make a big play to win you a game or lose a game, or you, you lose. I mean, that's one of these instances where you lost this game. It was obviously a difficult one, and again, special teams really were not very, very good in this football game. I mean, Britton Covey is a returner. I don't, I don't think that's the biggest deal in the world. Like in this day and age in the NFL, I feel like special teams is less about creating big plays, more about preventing negative plays with the changes they made to kickoffs. Kickoffs aren't as big a factor anymore. You just don't want negative plays, but stuff like Aaron Sipos, uh being pressured where he has to run out of the, the, you know, kind of punting area, uh, to avoid a rush, good play by Sipos there, honestly. But that can't happen. You can't have breakdowns in the middle. But again, like I've seen questions about should they fire the special teams coach today? That is, firing coaches isn't always the answer. This is an eight and one football team. I'm preaching patience, and I think people need to be patient. Yeah, the special teams need to improve. Yes, they need to be better. But again, I think the overreactions today have been a little ridiculous. Now, on to the officiating, and this is another thing that we need to discuss, because the officiating was bad last night. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They missed a couple really, you know, big plays. Well, certainly the Dallas Goddard play, and that, okay, there you want to talk about one area of concern moving forward? It's the fact that Dallas Goddard's going to be out for a period of time. Dallas Goddard, I think will be playing, like, one of the best tight ends of the league. Uh, that's a killer to be missing him for a while now. Hopefully, Tyree Jackson is on his way back. He got Jack Stahl, who I think is serviceable, but certainly not a big play guy. Um, that's, that's certainly a, a level of concern with the way Goddard was, was playing. And I don't think we always take into account how important Dallas Goddard is in the run game as well as a blocker. But that play was an egregious miss by the officials. I, it was just a miss. I mean, I don't think it was intentional. Like I'm so tired, honestly, of Philadelphia fans crying about people being against the Eagles or Philadelphia. It's, it's just nauseating to me to hear whether it was complaints about the Astros and whether they were cheating, just like shut up. Like it just, it's, it's not a byproduct of that. It's just the fact that officials are bad sometimes. And the officials last night were bad. They missed the Dallas Goddard face mask. They went to review the play. They can't review that aspect of the play. It sucks. But, you know, it's not the reason the Eagles lost the game. I mean, they got to stop after that. They forced a field goal attempt. They still could have won the game. They didn't. It was a missed call. As for the call on Brandon Graham at the end of the game, I don't like it in terms of the situation, the intent. Obviously, the intent of Brandon on that play, and, and all you need to do is know about Brandon Graham as a player to know that he is smarter than that like Brandon is not intending to take a cheap shot on Taylor Heineke I didn't even think Brandon saw Taylor Heineke go down honestly as I'm watching it in real time but by the letter of the law that is the correct call I don't agree with it I think there needs to be some sort of discretion especially in that situation it was not a harmful hit I mean, the, the referee talked after the game said it was the head and neck area. Like that's, that's just crazy. Like that, there was no ill intent on that. hit. It was not a dangerous play. I don't think the flag needed to be thrown, but again, uh, by the letter of the law, that was the right call. And again, it's not the reason why the Eagles lost this game. It's not, I mean, they put themselves in that situation. I always think crying about the officials is lazy. I think it is a loser mentality, and it's not the reason the Eagles lost this game. The officials were bad. There's no doubt about it. But you can't allow you to put yourself in a position where the officials can, you know, win or lose you game. You can't. And the Eagles did that too much last night. Um, they had a, a, a real poor performance. And, you know, bad officiating did not help. Uh, But you make your own luck in a lot of ways. And I think the Eagles put themselves in position uh, to lose that game last night. And uh, unfortunately, a few critical calls didn't go their way. But again, I don't have a lot of long-term concern. And as you look around the NFL here, obviously, I think this was honestly probably the best week of football we've seen this year in the NFL. Um, Overall, this has been a bad year uh, in terms of the quality of football has been concerned. You had a couple great games this weekend, though. Bills-Vikings was outrageous. What an insane game. Cowboys-Packers was tremendous as well. But as you do a quick rundown of, you know, the conferences and divisions here, I still think the Eagles clearly are the best team in the NFC East. Still don't believe in the Giants. Uh, The Eagles are still going to win this division. I still think they're going to be the one. The Vikings are up there. Vikings are 8-1. But, hey, that win the Eagles have over them uh, could loom large. Like, the Eagles play – at Indy next week, I would expect them to bounce back in a big way in Indianapolis. Um, then they play the Packers. I still think the Eagles are gonna have a really good record when it's all said and done. But you look at the rest of the, the teams in the uh conference right now, probably like the Vikings in the North, the Bucs are gonna win the South. I mean, they haven't had a great year, but that division's so bad that the Bucs are still very well positioned to win the South. Um, and then in the in the West, I like the 49ers, and I think. It's really going to come down to to the Eagles, the Vikings, and the Niners. I think they're the three best teams in the NFC. And, you know, they're the teams who this is ultimately going to come down to here. Now, if I had to pick wild cards today, um, who would have thought this in the beginning of the year? I actually think the NFC East is going to get three teams in the playoffs. Like, I'm not a believer in the Giants as far as being real contenders. But you just look at the record at this point. They're probably going to get in the playoffs. Like I think the Giants probably do get it as a wild card team. Think the Cowboys do as well. I think that other wild card spot is really up for grabs between a few teams. I mean, the Seahawks are obviously right there. They're probably the favorites at this point. Um, the Rams seem done. I mean, this is just Super Bowl hangover for them, uh, I think. But that last spot in the NFC, I think it's going to come down to the Seahawks. Maybe the Packers, if their season maybe got jump-started with that win over Dallas. Um, you got Atlanta, who's played tough at times. Maybe they're in the mix. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I certainly think uh, the NFC East is likely to get three teams. And you look over at the AFC, um, the Bills are faltering. I still would expect them to win that division, even though, man, the Dolphins are potent offensively. Waddle and Tyreek Hill have been extremely dynamic together. So that's going to be a real fun race to watch toward the end of the year, the Bills and the Dolphins. Um, in the North, I like the Ravens. I think they're clearly the best team there. Titans, by default, in the South. And in the West, I think it's the Chiefs. And man, that AFC West. What a disappointing division that has been. Denver, all these expectations with Russell Wilson, they suck. Nathaniel Hackett might be the worst head coaching hire I have seen in a really long time. I mean, just as far as the talent that team had, he's a disaster. Well, look at the own division, though. Josh McDaniel has been a disaster in Vegas for the Raiders as well. The Chargers haven't been as good as expected. So I like the Chiefs there. I think when you look at the wild cards, between the Bills and Dolphins, whoever doesn't win that division will be one of the wild card teams there. Who would have thought the Jets are legit in the mix? The Bengals, obviously, in the mix. Um The Browns, one of the stories we're not talking about a lot, but, you know, if the Browns can get a couple wins here in the next couple weeks, they got Deshaun Watson coming back at the beginning of December. So they're going to be an interesting team to watch. Um, And then, you know, as far as the West goes, I guess the Chargers are in the mix. But, yeah, if I had to pick right now, I would still say the Eagles come out of the NFC, and I would probably go with the Chiefs in the AFC. I've been on the Browns or on the Bills till now. But this Josh Allen injury, Josh Allen just looking like that's really affecting him at this point. Um, So I like uh, probably the Eagles and the Chiefs, which would be amazing. I mean, it's such an amazing storyline. Eagles going against Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. That probably won't happen. But I still feel really good about the Eagles. I do. I I found uh, last night to be not overly concerning long term. It was a bad game. It was a bad night. But trust me, this team is still really good. They're still going to be okay, and I don't have long-term concerns moving forward. So that'll do it for Trash Talk with TK today. I'll be back on 94WIP Thursday night, following Thursday night football. Uh, Packers-Titans, actually, you know, pretty consequential game. After that Packers win, they become a little more interesting. So uh, I'll be on after that game on Thursday night. Back to another episode of Trash Talk with TK. Next Monday, uh, God willing here. I mean, I, I uh, if you've listened to me on the radio, you know uh, my wife and I are expecting a baby within the next 10 days or so. So I am planning on doing a podcast next Monday. If I don't, uh, it's probably because I'm I'm unavailable for those reasons. But uh, keep everybody abreast of that situation. I'll be back on WIP that night as well. So it uh, should be fun as we continue to talk about the Eagles. And I think the Eagles roll over Indy next week. But find me on WIP this Thursday and Friday night. Uh, So I'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening. I'm Tom Kelly. uh, And this has been Trash Talk with TK.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.